What you are about to listen to may contain explicit language, adult themes, That's right. and things that may not be suitable for viewers under 18. Listening discretion is strongly advised. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatments. In other words, we're not your motherfucking doctors. Always use best practice guidelines as described by your institutions. Now, on with the show. Oh, shit, I forgot we are recording. <laughs> Cheeky? What? Dude, fucking... Oh, no. Okay. I was just going to catch you off guard while you guys were buzzed. You <laughs> Well, you're right there with us, too, bitch. So. <laughs> oh, no. This is going to be tangent. Welcome to another episode of Respiratory on Ice, where we discuss all things pulmonary critical care while basically consuming adult beverages. I'm your host, Justin Phillips, along with my compadres, Let's Pangolina, and Roberto Bautista. Roberto! Ooh, I really hate talking about this, but we're going to talk about it anyways, because I know the two of you guys like talking about it. Let's talk about COVID-19 <laughs> and ventilators. Oh. Oh. So, <laughs> okay. Oh my God. You know what I came across? My social media, my email. Like, I just can't duck it when, we t- when, it talks, uh, when it talks about ventilator management. Everyone is out there trying to find the latest and greatest, reinvent the wheel, and really you know, be the, the leader as far as what we should do with ventilators. I don't want to address this, but I'm going to do it anyways. Airway pressure release ventilation. Stop it. Stop <laughs> Let's it. Let's talk about APRB. Oh, stop it. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> What's your t- okay, so in what take are we looking at? Yeah. How do you want to angle this? <laughs> I want to know why you, why you should and why you shouldn't. Generally, or for COVID patients? No, we're we're talking about COVID. What do we oh. know about COVID, Lance? Tell us what we know about COVID. What we know about COVID is we don't know much about COVID. That's what we know tell, about COVID. <laughs> well, except tell me, for tell, tell me what we know about COVID respiratory mechanics. Well, uh, up until now, in terms of respiratory mechanics, what we do know is. And I'm not going to lean a bias on one way in terms of physiology. Uh, but what we do know is that when we do have these patients, one, they're hypoxemic, pretty good compliance in terms of lungs, you know, lower driving pressures of, you know, 10 to 11. So the, well, I was going to say, but the thing about it is there's some descriptive observational studies out there that want to try and talk about what COVID looks like. But that's only representational of a certain population. Do we know that's what all COVID patients look like? No. Just putting that out there. So as people know, Gattinoni has put out an observational study describing what him, what he sees out there. And he describes it as either type L or type 1 patients and then type 2 or H type patients with lower compliance or higher compliance. And he describes it in varying degrees. But... In all estimation, when you look at these patients, they're heterogeneous by nature, which, surprise, surprise, ARDS is heterogeneous by nature. You don't say. 
<laughs> so they have varying degrees of compliance. They have varying degrees of oxygenation status. And other people want to talk about microemboli. But again, ours has been shown to have microemboli. Are we reinventing the wheel? In my estimation, somewhat. People are trying to change practice based on an observational study. Is it the wisest thing to do? I would dare say no. So it sounds like, from what you're saying, uh, there are subtypes of COVID-19 um, with different presentations. And at least as a general community in critical care, we've acknowledged one presentation more than the other, which is this uh, silent hypoxemic patient who has great compliance and is hypoxic. The three of us can agree on that? Yeah. <laughs> I would still have to disagree on that because if we're talking about true phenotyping, which Dr. Carolyn Calfee so eloquently explained in her latent class analysis of hypo versus hyperinflation, it's not really classified the same as what Gatnoni is talking about. And has he done rigorous studies to show the differences of his phenotypes? Not really. It's a small end that he's looking at. So that's a rabbit hole we'll probably jump down in another right. episode. Right. What I'm curious about is, can we agree that a lot of the people that we have seen, can we agree to disagree or something else? Can we, can we agree that there are heterogeneous patients that present differently? Absolutely. I, uh -huh. I think one. I think we can agree that whether you're ARDS or whatever, it's Gattinoni's type of distinguishment. Um, you'll still see lower driving pressures, whether it's a mild or moderate ARDS or a, a, a Gatinone so type low, type pressure. So low plateau pressure, should you be putting people on APRV? In the setting of COVID slash ARDS. Why are we putting these people on APRV anyways? You said they had normal compliance. They're just yeah. hypoxemic. Yeah. But, uh, the premise and, and, of APRV is high mean airway pressure which translates to lung recruitment, which translates to a better FRC, which if we talked about these type of patients, they have great components. <laughs> so why are we putting them on there? I... Rob, APRV, before or against it? For these patient populations and in general, I would say I highly disagree for the simple fact that there have been no true randomized controlled trials showing that APRV is beneficial or whether you want to call it APRV or the new terminology, TCAV, time control adaptive ventilation, which is Hibashi's terminology. There are no, I, at least to my benefit, I don't know of any true RCTs that show benefit in an APRV setting. I, I agree. Um, but th uh, th Does it make sense? So when you when you when you think of APRV in general, high mean airway pressure to recruit long, we've already established for the most part, and I think studied or not, most people observe the same thing, and there's a, a pretty good consensus that oh yeah, these people are hypoxic with essentially great lung compliance. So why the hell would they need a large mean airway pressure? Right. So to put, and, and typically that they put them on there is because we're approaching these, these really non-compliant lungs. So to put somebody on APRV with a compliance of 50, whose plateau pressure is 20, 
uh, or so. What does that translate to? And even in APRV settings, right? I mean, does that mean a, a lower P high, which which moves away from your traditional, uh, as um, Dr. Abashi would put it, uh, um, um, was it a uh, his his type of APRV again? Uh, TCAV time controlled ventilation. Right. Does it go against the grain of that now? Because we're I, setting. I'm still gonna. I'm still gonna dis. I'm not gonna agree with it. I mean, it's not adaptive. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Because what what I are mean, we adapt? What are we adapting to? I mean, we may be adapting, <laughs> but the ventilator is not. Well, and and the big uh, so the premise of APRV is to let them breathe spontaneously. Yes or no? Well, yeah, and. And what and what we're seeing and what we're seeing with some of these COVID patients is they are taking extremely big tidal volumes. Exactly. So in that and, case, are we doing APRV strictly CPAP at pressure high, or are you going to give some type of pressure support? But even the cases when they're at the top of there and they're still pulling these massive amounts, what is that doing to the lungs? I have no idea. Exactly, and whether you choose to believe. It is an ARDS picture, or if you decide to lean towards the Gattinoni picture um, of the type L, type H phenotyping, then either way, an APRV, I would believe you're conning some type of damage, especially if you are to say that these patients are working that hard, right? Whether, um, whether you're causing shearing injury or... or or this VLI vortex that Gatnodi describes. Mm. Okay, so I think the three of us are in a general consensus that uh, APRB. When we talk about so when we talk about COVID, under the constraints that what most people observe is someone who is hypoxemic, a moderate minute ventilation but generally generally doesn't necessarily need a whole lot of mean airway pressure um, or doesn't even respond very favorably as far as oxygenation with a, a high bit amount of mean airway pressure. Airway pressure release ventilation, APRB or bi-level or whatever your machine calls it, doesn't necessarily bring anything fantastic to the table. No. Would you guys agree? I agree. If anything, could be now, more injurious. What I will say, is, and again, right, because if they're not responding to your high peep on conventional conventional ventilator settings, APRB, they're probably going to sit and, and fare about the same. What I will say is most people are looking at APRB in the sense of the, the godsend. Right? Uh, I've I'm at odds with assist volume, assist pressure, and all the things I normally do. I'm going to move to APRV. I don't necessarily think that's probably a smart move, right? I don't, I don't think you should ditch what you normally use in lieu of APRV or in lieu of conventional ventilation for that matter. I believe if you're a APRV house, you probably do APRV a lot better than the three of us, even though we're going to sit here and talk major shit. <laughs> um, um, but I, I, you probably have mastered all the qualms of the mode. Um, to 
to a certain degree. And yes. if you are a pressure control house or a volume control house, you probably are more well-versed with troubleshooting issues with those modes than APRV. So what I will say is, although I'm not necessarily endorsing APRV as the godsend of COVID-19 related hypoxemia, you should probably stick to what you're most comfortable with managing. So if all your respiratory therapists, all your nurses, all your intensivists only know APR, APRV, then you should probably figure out how to make that work for your patient. If everyone knows volume assist, or if everyone know, only knows pressure assist and has figured out a way to manage people in normal times, you should probably stick with that because you'll probably have a better outcome than trying to switch to a mode that everyone has to refer to Nader Habashi's guide online. Would you guys agree with that? I agree. So I guess to summarize, is APRV really the answer to COVID-19? Hell no. Negative. That's a negative on my end. Yeah. I mean, I think there are, there are so many other perspectives that have been discussed, which is traditional ARDS, that the our three drunk asses could definitely get into. <laughs> I don't necessarily think I don't necessarily think APRV is the answer to COVID nineteen, uh, as some uh, individuals in the medical community are endorsing. I think it is an option if that's what you know, and. I, I do want to say one more thing um, and emphasize something I heard actually Tom Perino say was that for, uh, yeah, sure, APRV may work on a patient. Sure, you, you've got it down well. But for every successful APRV extubation, how many successful volume control or pressure control extubations do you think might have lapsed in terms of, you know, the ARDSNAP protocol? A lot more because there's a lot more researched data in terms of people practicing it this way. Touche. I agree. My my take is APRV's been around since 1987. Well, you were like 21 back then, right? <laughs> yeah. Kirby first Kirby first described it, then it was described by Stock and Downs. But if it was that great a mode of ventilation, and you figure that the armor trial was done in 2000. In the 20 years since, if it was really that great, why hasn't an RCT been done to show a mortality benefit for a for APRV in the setting of ARDS? Because Gregor won't cough over the money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, but it, but it's, but it's a simple question. Like, if if it was that great a mode. Why hasn't it gained traction? I don't know. I'll I'll leave that. Uh, we'll leave that as an open ended question for the audience. Um, ping us on um, Instagram and Twitter and email and in the comments and everything like that. Uh, are you are you super pro APRV APRV life hashtag? Like I mean, like let us know. And I'm I'm curious uh, as uh, someone who's like generally uh, interested or g genuinely generally and genuinely interested in uh, what people are doing out there. Um, I can't necessarily abide by literature today, um, but uh, let us know what, what your thoughts are. Um, well, otherwise we'll just keep drunk rambling. 
I don't know. Um, as far as uh, okay. Cheekies, what are you drinking? I will be doing a shot of Mezcal. Hey, you beat me to it. I uh, I like smoky drinks. Um, well, aside from the Mezcal, then I'll take a uh, Lafroy on the rocks. Nice scotch. <laughs> Perfect. And I will do... I'm going to do a little rum. I'm going to do a little rum. A, a little rum with uh, some smoky bitters. Um, this Kiki was recorded after another episode, so I poured myself another pour of some Jamaican overproof rum fire rum with a couple of dashes of some tobacco bitters. So we'll do a little cheeky of that. Um, anyways, to everyone out there that is working very, 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 very motherfucking hard. I can say that because we declared in iTunes and Spotify <laughs> that we're explicit. So I could fucking cuss. <laughs> um, we'll drink this shot to everyone out there that's working very hard and uh, taking care of patients around the clock. Um. To all the frontliners, we truly appreciate all the hard work that everyone has put in to keeping America safe. Not even just America, you know, globally safe. Patients safe. Patients. What are you, Captain America? Uh, (laughs) Captain Global. All right. Uh, (laughs) He's Captain Planet. All right. All right. Salute. I would say release ventilators and don't use APRV. <laughs> no, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna co-sign on that. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. No, no, fine, no, no. That's cheers. Cheers. Cheers, cheers, everyone cheers. cheers, cheers, everyone out there. Great. And with that, that's been another cheeky with respiratory and ice. Once again, I'm your host, Justin Phillips, along with these two goons. Lance Bangalina and Rob Bautista. It has been one hell of a pleasure talking to you guys this afternoon. We'll talk to you soon. Peace out, Cub Scouts. See you later.